Thus, try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master. Inquire from him submissively and render service unto him. The self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth. Purport by his divine grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. The path of spiritual realization is undoubtedly difficult. The Lord therefore advises us to approach a bona fide spiritual master in the line of disciplic succession from the Lord himself. No one can be a bona fide spiritual master without following this principle of disciplic succession. The Lord is the original spiritual master, and a person in the disciplic succession can, can convey the message of the Lord as it is to his disciple. No one can be spiritually realized by man manufacturing his own process, as is the fashion of the foolish pretenders. The Bhagavatam says, Dharamam hisakshad bhagavat pranitam. The path of religion is directly enunciated by the Lord. Therefore, mental speculation or dry argument cannot help one progress in spiritual life. One has to approach a bona fide spiritual master to receive the knowledge. Such a spiritual master should be accepted in full surrender, and one should serve the spiritual master like a menial servant without false prestige. Satisfaction of the self-realized spiritual master is the secret of advancement in spiritual life. Inquiries and submission constitute the proper combination for spiritual understanding. Unless there is submission and service, inquiries from the learned spiritual master will not be effective. One must be able to pass the test of the spiritual master. And when he sees the genuine desire of the disciple, he automatically blesses the disciple with genuine spiritual understanding. In this verse, both blind following and absurd inquiries are condemned. One should not only hear submissively from the spiritual master, but one must also get a clear understanding from him in submission and service and inquiries. A bona fide spiritual master is by nature very kind toward the disciple. Therefore, when the student is submissive and is always ready to render service, the reciprocation of knowledge and inquiries becomes perfect. Just try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master. Inquire from him submissively and render service unto him. The self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth. Tadvidi pranipatena parifrasnena sevaya Upadekshantite <clears throat> Darshanaha. 
We are reading this afternoon from the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Text 34 is one of the most significant and important verses of all the scriptures of the world because the basic principle by which spiritual knowledge can be understood is herein explained. In the Bhagavad Gita we find Arjuna. He is a pure devotee of the Lord. He is a Nitya Siddha. He is not an ordinary living being. Otherwise, how is it that throughout his life he was the personal friend and associate of Bhagavan Sri Krishna? Together they joked, together they played, together they had so many intimate discussions in Hastinapur, in Dwarka. They went on many excursions together into the forest. But Arjuna, as the eternal servant of the Lord, was willing and ready to take any position to fulfill the Lord's desire. This is the quality of a pure servant. A servant is not concerned with his own position, with his own prestige, with his own enjoyment. He is only concerned with the satisfaction <clears throat> of his beloved Lord and Master. Huh. Very interesting if we consider that Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that for a Kshatriya, for a warrior who has been honored, dishonor is worse than death. But a devotee of the Lord is willing even to die, even to accept a position worse than death for the service of his master. Therefore, by Arjuna's own free will, he allowed Krishna to put him in a state of complete confusion, complete bewilderment, and utter ignorance. Why? Just so Arjuna could exemplify the position of each and every one of us in this world today. What great men do, the common men will follow. What standard they set by their exemplary acts, all the world will pursue. Therefore, out of his great love for the Lord, Arjuna allowed himself to be put in the most embarrassing condition of total ignorance and illusion. He began to instruct Krishna. He was in such illusion. He was telling Krishna what is to be done and what is not to be done. As he ordered Krishna, take my chariot between the two armies on this battlefield of Kurukshetra. He looked, he witnessed that on both sides of this great war there were friends, well-wishers, relatives and loved ones 
This is always the greatest, greatest conflict in one who hopes to make spiritual advancement. It is a conflict that each one of you here today must accept in your life if you truly want to take to the spiritual path. <clears throat> Let me put it this way. If there is no conflict, then you are not on the spiritual path. The conflict is that there are two sides. There are those in illusion, those in ignorance, who propagate the worldly way of life. Be a normal person. Enjoy your family life. Go to the temple. Yes, have your darshan, but no more than that. That is all that is required. <clears throat> After all, life is meant to enjoy. Do not become too involved in spiritual life because you may lose everything. And besides that, it's not normal to be dedicated to God like that. And then there are those on the other side who are saying, we are representing Krishna and we have come with his message. Sarvadharman puritya mam ekam sharanam braja aham tvam sarvapapebhyo moksha vimasucha abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender to me. I shall protect you from all sinful reactions, do not fear. And on both sides we have friends. And on both sides we have loved ones. And on both sides we have intimate family relations. It is said in the Bible, you cannot serve two masters. You have to choose one. But Arjuna was trying to serve two masters. He did not know what to do. He did not want to offend. He did not want to commit offenses to either one of his beloved friends and relatives on either side. Therefore, he decided, I will not fight this war at all. If I take one side, I have to kill my grandfather, my teacher, and so many other relatives and loved ones. And if I take the other side, I will have to destroy my own brothers. Krishna, I know one side is truth and one side is illusion, but it is too painful to disappoint those persons who think highly of me on either side. Therefore, Arjuna wanted to run from the battle. Perhaps some of you have also met this same dilemma in your life. In this world, we have a huge army of the Kurus. Factually, the Kurus way outnumber the Pandavas. The Kurus and the Pandavas were both the relations of Arjuna. The Kurus had 11 Akshohini divisions of soldiers and the Pandavas only had seven. 
Those who are on the side of illusion always outnumber those who are on the side of truth. That is the nature of this material world, especially in the age of Kali Yuga. Therefore, it is said that you cannot please all the people all the time. You can please some of the people some of the time. But you'll never be satisfied pleasing some of these people some of the time. Therefore, if you simply please God, your life is perfect. If you water the root of the tree, your life will be prosperous in all respects. So you see, Arjuna, so kindly, with such compassion and mercy in his heart, he was willing to accept the position of an ordinary, ignorant person like us, just to teach us the right path. Because that was the will of Krishna. First of all, Arjuna was arguing with Krishna. No, no, I am not going to fight this war. I know philosophy. I know the scripture. I know family traditions. I was born in India. My father is a devotee. My mother is a devotee. We, were, we have deity at our house. I know what is truth, religion, dharma, of course. And Krishna just stood silently. He had nothing to say to such a false ego. He convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Until one comes to the point of being frustrated with his own egoistic ideas of what is truth, one cannot humble oneself submissively before the spiritual master. But in due course of time, we all become frustrated simply by the nature of this world. So Arjuna, first he was speaking very boldly like a great pundit. Krishna, I know. But all of his knowledge could not satisfy the emptiness in his heart. So alas, Arjuna said to Krishna that now I am confused about my duty. I do not know what is to be done, what is not to be done. I have lost all composure due to weakness. My tongue is parched dry. My hairs are standing on end. Tears are swelling from my eyes. My limbs are trembling. I cannot even hold my Gandiva bow. In this condition, I surrender to you. Please instruct me. And then Krishna began his teachings of Bhagavad Gita by putting Arjuna in his place. Arjuna, you are speaking very learned words. But in actuality, you are a fool. You are lamenting, which is not worthy of lamentation. Those who are wise lament for neither the living nor the dead. The beginning of real spiritual life 
We are not speaking of shadow religiosity, but we are speaking of the true path of Dharma. It begins when we accept the position before our Guru that I am a fool. Huh? No one likes to be called a fool, but a devotee loves to be called a fool when his spiritual master speaks. Just like Srila Prabhupada when he first met his Gurudev, he posed so many arguments why Krishna consciousness is not practical when India was under the subordination of the British. Let us join the, the political movement to free our country. And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur explained to him, in so many ways you are a fool, that Krishna consciousness is the prime necessity of life. In fact, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was such a great Acharya, he went to such an extreme in this philosophy that he said, if your house is on fire, if the whole city's on fire, if the whole country's on fire, if the whole world's on fire, forget about putting the fire out, just chant Hare Krishna. Because the fire is really not even a problem at all. What is temporary is going to burn anyway no problem. The only problem is you have forgotten Krishna. So Srila Prabhupada explains after he met his Gurudev that I was very satisfied to be defeated by my spiritual master. If we want to know the truth, Krishna says, we must approach Guru, inquire submissively and render service to him. And in this regard, how much the Lord loves those who love those who are dear to Him. That is really the true essence of this relationship between guru and disciple. The Father's dearly beloved Son has captured the Father's heart and whatever is dear, whatever is dear to the Son, and whatever loves the Son, is most loved by the Father. Therefore, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whenever he appears in the guise of an ordinary human being, he sets by his own example the necessity to accept a spiritual master with submissive humility. Lord Sri Krishna accepted Sandipani Muni, would humbly collect wood for him in the forest, would massage his feet and his legs at night, and would inquire submissively and learn from him each day. Of course, what does Krishna have to know? Krishna says in Gita, Vedaham samadhitani varatamanani chaljuna bhavashani chabhutani mamtu vedana kashtanaha. Krishna says, I know everything past, everything present and all things that are yet to come. I know all living beings, but me no one knows in full. Krishna is all-knowing, sarvagya. But just to show us, 
by his own example, he accepts a guru, humbles himself and renders service to him, learning the ABCs of the scripture. Krishna says, I am the author of all the Vedas. And yet Krishna is humbling himself before his devotee, asking him, please teach me the Vedas. Lord Ramachandra accepted the same position before the great saint Vishwami Tramuni. And I would like to narrate the beautiful story of how Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his Yuga avatar in this age of Kali Yuga, exhibited by his own pastimes the great necessity of accepting the dust from the lotus feet of the great sadhus. You know, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was born uh, in the very, very holy place of Sri Navadvip Dham in what is now West Bengal. When he was a little baby child, he would cry until all the young ladies in the neighborhood would clap their hands and chant the holy names of Krishna. In this way, he inaugurated the chanting of the holy names from his very birth. But he wanted to impress upon people the necessity of accepting Guru. Therefore, for the first 16 years of his life, Nimai Pandit, who was his name at the time, Nimai Pandit, who was his name at the time, pretended to have no devotion to Krishna. He was a scholar, first class, teacher of grammar. He was so tricky in his ability to manipulate the scriptures in grammatical composition that he could literally defeat everyone and anyone. Even the greatest of all pundits, Keshava Kashmiri, who came all the way from Kashmir to defeat every scholar in all of Bharat Varsha. He had traveled to all corners of India, defeating every great scholar there was. And he ended his journey in Navadweep. And of course, Navadweep was a very high place of learning at the time. That's why he saved it to the end. And when he came into Navadweep, all the pundits were very much afraid. He's going to spoil the reputation of our whole city because how could we stand up before such a great scholar and pundit? Nimai at the time was just a small boy. They said, let us send him to me, Nimai. If Nimai wins, then we will say, just see, even a small child of Navadweep can defeat the greatest pundits in all the world. But if he loses, we will say, oh, well, what do you expect? He's only a child. <laughs> so Keshava Kashmiri came before the great Nimai Pandit. And it is a beautiful story 
which is described in Chaitanya Charitamrita. But he was utterly defeated. His pride was completely smashed to pieces. And all those young children around who saw him speechless before this child, they all began to laugh at him. Keshava Kashmiri was so humiliated. How is it that this child, who's not even supposed to be such a great um, learned scholar, he's only a grammar teacher, how is it that he has defeated me? He was ready to give up his body. He was ready to kill himself in anxiety. But then his worshipable deity, Mother Saraswati, appeared to him and revealed the secret that although he is pretending to be a little scholar, he is actually my very Lord and worshipable deity. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, not I am. And then even Keshava Kashmiri surrendered to him. So you can imagine the brilliance of this young child, Nimai. But he did not show any traces of devotion. He was simply showing his expertise in word jugglery. And the great bhaktas, the devotees at the time, Sri Advaita Acharya, Srivas Pandit, Mukunda, Gadadhar, Murari Gupta, these were all pure devotees of the Lord, whose only desire huh, was to serve the Lord and glorify His holy name. They were so much charmed and attracted by the beauty of Nimai Pandit. They loved him just as they would love Krishna himself. They wanted so much to be with him. But every time they would be with him, Nimai would start to preach all non-devotional philosophies. And whenever they would try to establish Krishna consciousness, he would start to defeat them. So they couldn't live with him and they couldn't live without him. So they were in constant fervent prayers to the Supreme Lord, please make Nimai a devotee. If he becomes a devotee, the whole world will chant your holy names. We love him so much, but he shows no inclination toward bhakti. He's simply a jnani, a scholar. Through scholarship and jnana, one can never ever in millions and billions and trillions of lifetimes know Krishna. It is only through humble devotion. And he's so arrogant. He shows no humble devotion. Why did Nimai take this position? This is very important to understand. After Nimai's father left this mortal world, being a very faithful and dutiful son, he decided to offer the shraddha to his father at the holy city of Gaya. When he, he went with several of his students to Gaya, and together they were joking, playing, and they were discussing all sorts of scriptural, grammatical um, details like that. But when they came to the outskirts of the city of Gaya, suddenly 
his whole disposition changed. He became very grave, very sincere. And they visited several temples. And then they came to that very, very famous temple where the Supreme Lord Vishnu's footprints, those sacred uh, prints of the Lord's feet have been present since time immemorial. The name of that temple is the temple of Sri Gadadhar. When Nimai saw the beautiful footprints of Sri Krishna, his heart began to flow with affection. And when he heard the Brahmins chanting prayers and offering garland after garland after garland after garland to the Lord, tears began to come from his eyes. You see, at this time, Nimai showed the first traces of real humility and devotion. And just then, <clears throat> The great disciple of Madhavendra Puri in the disciplic line of Sri Madhvacharya, Sri Ishwara Puri, came before the Lord. Ishwara Puri, that humble devotee of the Lord, was so filled with devotion to Sri Krishna. When they saw each other, they immediately embraced. And they both covered each other with the showers of tears from one another's eyes. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted Ishwara Puri as his spiritual master. And it was at the point when he accepted him as his spiritual master and humbled himself before his guru that the symptoms of love of God manifested in his life, not until. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saved and waited. He saved the ecstatic devotion to the Lord for 16 years just to show us that no one, not even me, can learn to love God until we humble ourselves before our spiritual master. This is God's instruction. Of course, many people say, oh, what is this guru? Guru means spiritual slavery. If we commit ourselves, we have so much to lose in life. Better I just go on with my traditional form of religiosity. But this is a bogus tradition because the true tradition of India's spirituality is that you must accept Guru. This is a false tradition. And not just a Guru who just gives you some mantra, but a Guru who you inquire submissively from and render service to. This is the true tradition of the Shastra. And then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he showed us by his example 
how to properly reciprocate with the spiritual master. Please remember that this is God himself showing by his example his love for his own devotee. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu fell at his feet and then he went to his own quarters and began to cook and his Srila Ishwara Puri, his Gurudev, happened to come just when he was finishing his cooking. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Oh, I have just finished my cooking. And Ishwara Puri said, Oh, that means I have just come on time. And Lord Chaitanya said, Oh, you please kindly accept this meal of prasad. And Ishwara Puri said, But you have only prepared enough for one person. You must take. He said, no, 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 you please take. He said, no, 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 you please take. You are the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no, 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 I am only your humble servant. Ishwara Puri said, then divide it in half, we will both take. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no, no, how can I take in presence of my Gurudev? You take. I will cook after again. So then Nimai Pandit began with his own beautiful loving hands to serve his devotee, each preparation one after another for his pleasure, for his satisfaction. And it is described that while he was serving his Gurudev in this way, the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi Devi, she could not tolerate seeing the Lord wait for his meal and cook again. So she secretly entered into the kitchen and she cooked again for Lord Chaitanya. In this way, the Lord showed that humble menial service is the way to approach the spiritual master. If we have any sense of false prestige before our guru, we are blocking ourselves from the opportunity to understand the truth. Srila Prabhupada explains here in this purport, such a spiritual master should be accepted in full surrender and one should serve the spiritual master like a menial servant without false prestige. Of course, we may think that, oh, I am great, I am learned, but are you greater and learned, more learned than Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead? He is accepting the menial position of serving his guru without false prestige. So what is our position? Please tell me. Ah. And then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu approached Srila Ishwara Puri and he asked him, please, kindly, Initiate me in the mantra. And Ishwara Puri, uh, he, in his heart, he was feeling that you are the worshipable Lord of my life. If it is your desire to set this example for all humanity to follow, then as a service to you, I will initiate you and be your guru. Actually, the spiritual master never ever considers himself to be the master. 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us there is only one noble position in this world and that is to be the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. Never to be the master but always to be the servant. In the Vaishnava society we address one another as Prabhu which means that every devotee is our master. So when the spiritual master sees that a, that a devotee comes, a disciple comes, what is his motivation for coming? To serve Krishna. That disciple is the servant of Krishna. So the spiritual master must think that if he is a servant of Krishna and I am the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant, then I am his servant. It is my service, my menial humble service to my disciple to lead him and guide him in spiritual life. So in this way, in the Vaishnava order, everyone is servant. No one is master. And he who takes the lowliest position is in the highest position in the eyes of God. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took the lowliest position. After being initiated by his Guru Maharaj, Ishwara Puri, later on he made a pilgrimage to the holy place of his Guru Dev's birth. The place is known as Kumarahata. And there he took the dirt from the ground and he ate it. And as he was eating that dirt, tears were flowing from his eyes. And then he took that dirt and wrapped it in his cloth so that he could take little every day. And he said, this dirt, which is the sacred soil of the birthplace of that great devotee, my Guru Maharaj, it is the most precious wealth of my heart. It is my greatest treasure. It is my very life and soul. Similarly, Jad Bharat explained to Maharaj Rahugana that unless one rolls in the dust of the feet from the great sadhus, he can never know Krishna. And Prahlad Maharaj also explained the same thing in his prayers to Lord Nursingadev that my dear Lord, unless one takes the dust from the feet of your devotees and regularly bathes in that dust, it is impossible to ever understand your transcendental glories. Now what does it mean to bathe in the dust of the lotus feet of Guru? You may think that my guru is 10,000 miles away. How, where will I find his dust? Or my guru Dave, he left this world huh, some 14 years back. Where is the dust? When we speak of the dust of the lotus feet of the spiritual master, we are speaking of the humble approach to serve his instructions unless we humbly serve the instructions of the great souls. It is Krishna's arrangement that he never reveals himself. So therefore, this verse of Bhagavad Gita is 
the very foundation, the basic building block for all real and true spiritual advancement. Just try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master, inquire from him submissively and render service unto him. The self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth. Is there any questions? Speak loudly, please. Bahunam janmanam ante jnanavam ambapadyate vasudeva saravamiti samahatma sudulava. After many births of cultivating knowledge, the culmination, the conclusion, is to humbly surrender to the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna with devotion. Until we come to that point of bhakti or devotion, all of our knowledge can bring us to the point of liberation, but it can never bring us to that most celebrated and glorious of all platforms of pure love of God, true knowledge of the Lord. Krishna reveals himself in reciprocation to our devotion. He cannot simply be known by our intelligence. He can only be known by the heart. The brain is the seat of knowledge and the heart is the seat of love. Krishna reveals himself from within the heart. He already has knowledge if he loves his Guru and Krishna. Vasudeve Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojata Janayatya Shuvairagyam Jnanam Jayadahoyitakam. Where there is pure devotion, there is automatically complete knowledge and complete renunciation. They are byproducts of bhakti. Therefore, our Guru Maharaj used to say that we study many scriptures, we write many books, but the conclusion is to develop our love of God by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare. By submissively chanting the holy name and serving Guru, Guru and Vaishnavas, then all knowledge is revealed from within the heart. But, in order to do that with conviction, we must very carefully study the scriptures. We must very carefully hear the philosophy from learned souls. Not only learned souls, but surrendered souls. When we hear the philosophy and read the scriptures in this way, our conviction, our determination to enthusiastically take to the path of humble service of the holy name of the Lord will remain steady. 
but it is through that that Krishna reveals himself. Harinama, Harinama, Harinam eva kevalam kalo nasteva 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 gatiranjata. Just chant Hare Krishna and be happy. Thank you very much. <laughs>